Did you ever wonder where the word Protestant comes from? It may not be where you think it comes from. Stay tuned. Hello friends, it's good to be with you as always. Thanks for taking some time to spend with me today. Um, this is going to be airing on Wednesday, October 28th, which is right in the middle of the week between uh, Reformation Sunday, which we celebrated on the 25th, and the actual day of Reformation, which is Saturday, October 31st. Uh, and so I have the Reformation on my mind and I thought I would do a little bit of a conversation today uh, about uh, a distinction between uh, identifying ourselves as Protestants versus being part of a reforming church. And I want to suggest a couple of reasons why I think Protestantism, or the name Protestants for us, is a little bit problematic. Um, I would welcome your thoughts, and so if you are interested in responding to this, uh, please put your comments below. But the two reasons that were the first reason is a historic reason. Uh, my hunch is that we assume that we have the word Protestant in our name or in our tradition because of Martin Luther, because on October 31st, 1517, he bravely marched up to the castle church door and nailed his 95 theses uh, against indulgences uh, as a protest against the Catholic Church. Uh, Interestingly, though, the word Protestant doesn't appear at all until 12 years after that fact. And so when he nailed those theses to the door, he was doing it as a part of a routine and regular part of academic life. He was posting them as a way to prompt a debate or a discussion. As I mentioned in my sermon on Reformation Sunday in passing, um, it, the, the, the theses in Wittenberg actually didn't initially cause much of a stir. In fact, when he invited people to come to this academic disputation, no one showed up, not a single person. So it's not as if Luther nailed the theses to the door and there were crowds of people surrounding him saying, yes, we agree with you, Martin Luther, and we're protesting with you. That's not the, quite the way it happened. Now, the theses did develop ahead of steam. Again, I talked about this on Sunday. So much so that by 1521, in April of 1521, Martin Luther had made a lot of enemies and he had to very courageously stand up in, in front of all the most powerful people of the empire and the Catholic Church. And at that diet, it was the diet of a city called Varms, uh, again, April of 1521, he basically said, look, I'm not going to recant what I've written in my 25 books uh, because it would go against my conscience and unless you can prove to me uh, through scripture or reason that I've done something wrong, I'm not going to do it. It was a very brave act on his part. Uh, there was a um, edict at that diet, again, that's just a word that means assembly, which called Martin Luther a heretic, it, it banned his books, and it made him an outlaw and an enemy of the state. Again, that's 1521. All right. Again, I realize this is a little bit of inside baseball, but bear with me. In 1526, there was another diet or another assembly at a city called Speyer, S-P-E-Y-E-R, where some of the princes in the German states were like, look, we kind of like Luther. We're not sure we want to be part of this edict from 1521. And so there was a relaxation of that edict that allowed the individual states to decide for themselves if they were going to impose the edict or not. So uh, some freedom of conscience for actual states within Germany. Fast forward again now to 1529 on April 19th, so actually that would have been eight years almost to the day when Luther stood in front of that diet at Varms, 
And in that uh, diet, what happened is uh, the Holy Roman Emperor said, no, I'm no longer going to allow for uh, dis discussion or dissent on this. Everyone has to apply the edict from 1521. And at that point, again, April 1529, the princes of a number of German states and some of the free German states protested that decision. That's the first time that the word Protestant was ever used. And it was used, again, as sort of a technical legal term in the way the German states worked rather than a theological protest. And interestingly, by the way, in Germany, the word Protestant really never caught on. German people who followed the teachings of Luther preferred to call themselves evangelicals. And in France, they preferred to call themselves Huguenots. It was in other uh, parts of Europe where Protestantism caught on. So again, that's a long-winded and inside baseball sort of deep weeds historical overview of where the word Protestant comes from, but it does not come from October 31st, 1517. So that's one reason I mentioned uh, it's somewhat troublesome to me. The second reason I think the word Protestant is troublesome, as opposed to, say, being part of a church that is part of the Reformation tradition or a church that is always in need of reforming, is that if we take the, uh, the, the title of Protestant, you've heard it said um, that if you, all you have is a hammer, everything begins to look like a nail. Um, if we identify as Protestants, then everywhere we look, we assume, well, because that's our identity, we need to protest against this, that, and the other thing. And I think that tends towards pridefulness or hubris. I think it tends toward putting us in a position of judging people or other traditions and saying, we know because we're the Protestants and it's our job to tell you how you're wrong. Uh, I think it's far healthier to think of ourselves as part of this reforming tradition, which accepts the fact that we ourselves and the church we're a part of is also always, and Luther talked about this, in need of reform. I kind of prefer that. So again, a quick overview of a couple ways to think about the language of being part of the Protestant church versus a church that is in the tradition of the Reformation. Again, I would welcome your thoughts. Uh, maybe you agree with this or maybe you're kind of think about it differently. I would love to hear from you. In the meantime, whichever title you prefer, uh, I'm going to close us with a prayer that Luther may have been familiar with. It's not by him, uh, but it would certainly have been used in the early 1500s. And it's a prayer for the Christian church broadly, whatever you call it. And it's the title in this collection I've got is Keep Us Steadfast in Your Grace and Truth. Let us pray. O Lord God, Heavenly Father, pour out your Holy Spirit on your faithful people. Keep us steadfast in your grace and truth. Protect and comfort us in all temptation. Defend us against all enemies of your word and bestow on Christ's church your saving peace. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thanks for spending some time with me. I hope this finds you well. Stay in touch and God bless. Mm -hmm.